This week on the Open Esther's Podcast with Effie Blue of Curious Fox. Become aware of your, uh, your status quo and challenge it for the sake of challenging it, not challenge it for the sake of change, right? You might challenge it and find that it's actually working for you, right? So our invitation is never for change. Our invitation is never for be different than where you are. Our invitation is always just a challenge for, for curiosity, hence Curious Fox. So see if you can be curious about the things that you're holding on to as, as beliefs and see if, if you can challenge it and see what happens. Welcome to the Open Esther's Podcast. How will you write Act 3 of your life? Will you be open? Will you welcome the possibilities? Are you going toward your most vibrant, authentic stage of life? Are you curious to discover what's ahead? Are you in a fork in the road and wondering which path to follow? Would you like to hear from others who are already writing Act 3? Hey everyone, I'm Tessa. And I'm Amir. Why be an empty nester when you can be an open nester, living on the edge of your curiosity, on the fringe of your imagination, reinvention, and sexuality? Together, we'll take a journey and explore how rich this stage of life can be when we approach it with an open mind and an open heart. Tessa, I'm very pleased that we finally get to air this episode with Effie Blue. She's an expert in relationship and many, many other subject matter. And uh, you mentioned that she's also deal with open relationship, right? Right. Now, Curious Fox is based on this idea of, as you, as you'll hear from her, this this looking in, at and defining what is safety and what is security and what is thriving in your life in different forms of relationships that challenge the status quo with sex and relationships. And so, curiosity. Yeah, curiosity is the huge, huge one. And basically looking at how to, if we're already fulfilled in our lives in many other ways, where else we can explore. Right. And it's not just uh, about the open relationship. It's about everything else that you can be curious about. The, the episode is mostly based on an open relationship, but yeah. I'm saying we can take it into kind of different aspects of, of curiosity. So let's hear it from Effie Blue. Welcome to the Open Nesters podcast, Effie Blue. I'm so excited to see you and chat with you today. How are thank you? you having me. Um, I'm well, thank you. I'm well. I'm excited to be on here. I'm excited for your your endeavor and this podcast is, is happening and so honored to be a part of it so yeah i'm excited so effie is with curious fox such an amazing name and i'd love you to just tell us about it because i love how your pod your podcast opens with i'm curious about i'm curious about from mm -hmm. all these all these great voices that are all curious so yeah. oh, being open is all about being curious so tell us about mm -hmm. curious fox tell us why For sure yeah, um, so we think that, uh, so Curious Fox is a community and a podcast for those who challenge the status quo and love sex and relationships. And it existed in many forms in the past for the last four years. Uh, we started off as um, discussion groups and socializing in Brooklyn basements, and we grew into 
um, a full-fledged event and social community and we started the podcast and we started then we added the blog and uh, we did something like 35 events uh, weekly events throughout the last six months um, and it's all been around what we're curious about when it comes to love, sex, and relationships. And I completely agree with you. Open relationships is all about curiosity. Uh, we find that when we're giving advice, when we're telling stories, we often end up in uh, that that place. We're telling people to be curious. Uh, we find that curiosity is an antidote to uh, resentment. It's an antidote to... Um, being defensive is an antidote to jealousy, uh, emotional regulation, uh, all those things that we work very hard on. We find that 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 the uh, curiosity is that key that really kind of unlocks all that for us. I so agree, and I curiosity is a big part of mindfulness and the practice of this idea that we do something without judgment. Mm-hmm. And curiosity is interesting to me because it's not always saying you have to be passionate about something. You don't know what you're passionate about until you're curious, and. Mm-hmm. And then tell me about Fox. Why Fox? To curious Fox. Sure. A few reasons. We like the foxiness of Fox. So we're kind of curious foxes. We're a little foxy in the way we go about things. Um, sexuality is something that we care about. And also, we like to think we're practical thinkers. Uh, my, co- my co-founder and co-host and I, Jacqueline, we're practical think- thinkers. We're always kind of problem solving and trying to get to uh, from A to B as quick as we can as, uh, and try to be smart about it all. So it just like felt like the the right the right tone, and that's where we ended up with Curious Fox. Uh, it's I mean it's 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 also fun. We're trying to keep it fun and light. Yeah, so. do, and do foxes have anything about how they pair? There's nothing about how they how they travel in in kind of they mate. I don't I don't remember. So that's why I'm asking. I didn't look. Yeah. At it. Um. Uh, no, they're um they're sort of pack animals. Um. Okay. They're great. Um. There's a great meme that goes about saying they are um, canines with feline operating systems. Cool. So they're kind of like, <laughs> they have a duality, which I like. Um, also, they take a huge, uh, they have a huge part in Japanese culture, um, kitsune. And they have these like, they're magical creatures with multiple tails, very much written into the Japanese culture, Japanese mythology. And they're beautiful and magical creatures and guardians of, of uh, their, their realm and wisdom Beautiful. That also, yeah, that was also very appealing. Yeah. Beautiful. So when you, why don't we start with the beginning of what you talk about with sexuality and love as far as that openness goes and being curious about that with lifestyle, different forms of that. And come to start with the beginning of what is defined. Can you define, you know, some of the terms that people use within being curious in this all open relationship lifestyle or people step in to know about consensual non-monogamy? And if you can define polyamory and swinging, just starting with that for us. For sure. So I should actually just step back for a second and, and explain. So I, um, my sort of day job when I'm not um, developing Curious Fox, I'm a relationship coach. And I work with people who are curious about transitioning into or have hit a roadblock in open relationships. And I sort of say that in a very generic way. I mostly coach around this idea of relationship by design. And I think uh, that's kind of where I like to, to invite people um, before we sort of put labels on things is to think about designing a relationship, consciously and dynamically designing relationships in which they can thrive. Uh, and we start with that idea of thriving. What does it look like, feel like? What are the conditions that um, that you need to align to feel that you're in a state of thriving? And that's different for different people, right? Thriving, uh, for some people, thriving looks like adventure and exploration. And for other people, it looks like homemaking and nesting. 
For others, it can look like personal development and growth. Um, and it all looks different, but it is all thriving. And it's such a personal state. Um, so we kind of think about what does it look like? What does it feel like when you're thriving? And then we design a relationship that aligns with that. And the structure of the relationship, so whether it's monogamous or non-monogamous, is one part of that design process. Then if we kind of decide that non-monogamy is the right design, then we look at the different interpretations of non-monogamy in a way that, again, aligns with your thriving state. So is it that you want to have one sort of a main partner and with that main partner, you want to explore um, sexually as a, as, a, as a duo, as a couple? Um, that's sort of one end, potentially. And then you have uh, maybe another version that is multiple people in sort of intertwined relationships and you kind of aligning your lives, your um, finances, your living situation together. And, you know, that's sort of what takes you towards your thriving state. So something that's close to polyamory, for example, which is what we were asking, right? So if you come back to your question, there are all these labels that you can then attach to whatever your design is, which will help you to connect with people who are kind of on the same page as you. And then you have to have an in-depth conversation to be on the same paragraph. So that's kind of how I back into different uh, relationship structures with the people that I work with and I talk to. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And I'm so glad that you define that and, and the designer relationships, which is actually a great book for anyone who's interested in mm -hmm. designing a relationship as well. And you have actually a book out too that we can eventually get to a workbook that I had heard about. Is it, is it around relationships and jealousy or just one or the other? Yeah, so we, uh, my um, collaborator and I, Jacqueline Missler, and I designed um, a, a workbook called um, Know Thyself. Mm -hmm. And the idea is, we, we start with the self, right? Before you can decide on a relationship, you kind of really have to anchor, your, anchor yourself within yourself. Um, so the, the Know Thyself workbook is a way to get um, almost like an inventory and an audit on who you are, where you are, how do you feel, what does it look like when you're happy? What does it look like when you're angry? How do you deal with conflict? How do you orientate? Um, what does it take for you to feel safe and secure? Um, what, uh, you know, how do you feel and show love? Uh, what kind of structures um, really support you in thriving and what kind of structures hinder you? So it's a, it's a kind of a comprehensive approach to all the dis different aspects of yourself and you can find it um i think we have it uh we have it out at uh, actually uh, why don't i send you the link so it can be on the show notes perfect uh, we'll put it in the show notes yeah, yeah. i really appreciate that mm -hmm. and and i you know what I've, i i tend to think that because i have children and the people mostly listening to this show unless there are people in their 20s 30s and 40s mm -hmm. who will send this to their open nesting parents mm -hmm. um i tend to think that that these great barrier breaking kind of discussions that don't have anything to do with labels mm -hmm. and open up discussion is for a younger generation. So I'd ask you to bring you to maybe any examples you have coaching people at our stage that mm -hmm. they are now now looking at a whole new what we like to call act three of their lives mm -hmm. and why this stage can open up us opportunities, possibilities. What are the obstacles that you sometimes see? How, you know, what are the things in terms of your coaching with people at this stage? Mm -hmm. Maybe something you may want to just discuss with us so that we can look around to what is, what we can be curious about mm -hmm. and what could be challenging. I definitely work with clients. Uh, there seems to be a, uh, a downwards curve. So we, I, we, I work with people who are on the younger side who are kind of starting off their 
serious relationship phase and then there tends to be a quiet period and then there is the you know the audience that you have you know the third act as you said of their lives and uh the kids have, f- have flown the nest and they feel i think the the ones that i see a lot that really kind of thrive in in exploring are they are safe and secure in their relationship they've they've been in a relationship up you know potentially up to th- the third or fourth decade they've done their duties they've fulfilled all the expectations they really know each other and they there aren't anything left unsaid uh, everything's out in the open and then from there they're looking at okay what can we do how can we explore what is out there and i think those people who are fulfilled in their lives and this kind of spilling out now um and they're exploring then the one tend to be the, the 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 people who really thrive. So it's a it's it, it is like the next act, if you will. It's not it's not something that they are doing because they're not happy. It's like actually it's the next next phase, next act of of their relationship. And I think it makes sense, right? They you know it's like kids normally take up a huge part of your life. Once they are gone, there's all this time and space and energy and bandwidth opened up. And why not use that for exploration and and um, connection to others, especially if you're feeling safe and secure in your relationship? Right. Some of the struggles, I think, depending on where you are, I happen to work with uh, a lot with people in New York City. So they, they tend to find community quite quickly. They tend to find other like-minded people quite quickly. I think if you don't live in a metropolitan area, it might be it's sometimes hard to connect. You really have to kind of have to go back into using technology for connection. So going back on dating apps are sometimes challenging for people. Navigating that online dating space can be hard for people who are not used to using technology in that way. Finding community at an, at an older age can sometimes be difficult. Um, people sometimes I don't want to say set in their ways but they kind of in, in, in you know with their own social circles so they have to kind of break out and venture out again and that can be kind of difficult having said that people who want to explore in this way are curious by nature so I think they have an internal drive to go out and do those things anyway but those kind of seems to be the the situation uh, for them on the flip side people who really struggle are People who say, and this happens, by the way, at any 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 stage of life, people who say they want to open up the relationship or they want to explore other relationship structures because for one reason or another, they're not willing to transition the relationship to, to whatever it might be. That could be a breakup. That could be, you know, whatever it is. And instead of they want to sort of end, end the relationship as it is or transition out of it, they are not saying that. And instead, they're kind of saying, well, let's open up. Let's try different relationship structures. So instead of they running towards something, maybe towards an exploration, they're running away from something. It's things that they don't want to address in the relationship. And that seems to be the deciding factor of whether it's going to whether they're going to thrive or whether they're going to struggle. Oh, what a really wonderful distinction. Even though obviously there are nuances and and I'll, I'll I'll bring up a few of those that if one couple or for example I I find with my own relationship that with and we've started with just kind of going to sexy places and feeling more sexual in our own bodies and tried swinging a little while for that swinging is usually defined by the way from what I understand as a little bit more less emotionally based mm-hmm. and it's more and you usually do it together usually couples explore that together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it didn't really resonate for us, the, the orgies or any of those kind of non-intimate, um, connections. So we leaned more towards looking into more developing relationships mm-hmm. and, and that makes it both things can be threatening. And so if, if things come up for one person that they connect and the other one doesn't, or if there's this new relationship energy that can mm-hmm. come from the f- beginning of something new, which 
is the exciting part that we have to now reframe that I'd love to talk about. Mm-hmm. So how, so the fact that I feel now excited and invigorated and I can bring that back into my relationship mm-hmm. is what I love about what we do, but I'm sure, and I've heard that that's sometimes very threatening. And I wonder how you deal with that in coaching couples because one may not be at the same place. I mean, that's often what could happen too, I would think. Absolutely. I think, you know, I, I talk about um, hard, uh, harvesting new, new relationship energy for your existing relationships and even for your own self. You know, I have seen people get reinvigorated in their art, in their entrepreneur, entrepreneurial endeavors, um, in their writing um, with that new relationship energy. It's very powerful. It's very motivating. It can be invigorating. So um, we talk a lot about how do you harvest it and how do you like use it for the rest of, you know, in the, within the rest of your life. And I think if it's out of context, it can feel threatening to the other person. I think first and foremost, everybody's different. So it's worth talking to your partner about which part of it feels threatening, right? Often it's because they feel left out or, you know, and then they're, and they feel insecure and they, you know, um, have fears and all these things. So you just need to have a conversation about what and see if you can get to the source of what the worry is, what the fear is, and then kind of reframe it from there. Because it's often not the relationship, the relationship energy that's threatening. It's whatever the insecurity is with the person. That's that's the that's the issue. So it's kind of finding, trying to get to get to the source of it and deal with it. Dealing with it at that level is helpful. And then again, within conversation with the other person, see how much information do they need for so that it doesn't feel threatening. Do they need all the details? Um, do they? You know, I have also worked with couples who have sort of said, "I don't want to feel it." I don't want to, I don't want to feel the new relationship energy bordering on what they call don't ask, don't tell. So like you do what you do in your own time and I don't want to deal with it. Right. So if you have a partner that's saying, I don't really want to feel your new relationship energy, which means you kind of have to like leave it at the door, kind of shake it off and like go in without it. If that's what their request is, you kind of have to honor that and then kind of understand like, how do they want to be a part of that relationship energy? How do they want to experience it? How do they want to share it? they want to know what they want to know about it what they don't want to know so i think it's just an ongoing conversation and i think everyone's needs are different and just having conversation so i think at this stage the fact that we want to still express a big part of ourselves at this act three and sometimes it's going to come come across as an intellectual pursuit or or a full emotional relationship with other friendships that really can take you away as well and invigorate and romance you um, anything that we pursue that, that gives us that tingly feeling is a new relationship energy and not always just with a new relationship. So I think the threat idea is really interesting to look at very carefully because this is a stage that we want to really examine and then see where we can find that dance of where I can let you go without having to know so much and, and where I can actually be excited for you. And that's important too. So I, so we always want to, I, I believe that people can, you know, have to look at the look under scrutiny, and there are shadows there. And sometimes it's a little it doesn't doesn't come up easily. This could be a it could be a difficult or bumpy journey. For sure, um, yeah. I think it's often to do with your like your soft spots, right? Because people feel similarly depending on what you value and what your soft spot is. I've seen couples struggle because one of them gets a promotion. Or one of them gets their dream job and they suddenly get pulled in to the joy 
and the satisfaction of, of this new job that they have or this dream job they have, right? It has the same pull. It has the same effect on you. It kind of fires up the same circuitry and it can have a very similar effect on your partner. It doesn't necessarily require you to fall in love with somebody else. You could just like have some unique experience that's just to do with you and, and what's important to you and they might find that threatening for whatever reason, and it's really only they know the answer. If you're interested to listen to more episode about open relationship, you may tune in to episode number eight, Eroticize Your Jealousy, or episode 11, I Want That, or even episode 22, Many Kinds of Love That Works. And we also have episode number 26, Is Ethical Non-Monogamy For You? So it's important that that people kind of take ownership of how they're feeling, do some work, do some self-reflection, do some reflection together, if it makes sense, if it's a part of the relationship, and get to those like root causes, root stories, and try to address them at that level. So how do you suggest someone even start that process in, in that, to get to those stories and to get to that discussion? What's your, what are the best resources or places to go do that? I mean, I know you ran a poly discussion group, so that mm-hmm. helped a lot too, the Curious Fox group. Sure. I think, first of all, people learn uh, p- people learn differently. So when we set up Curious Fox, over time we realize that people digest information and reflect differently. So we actually provide things you can read, things you can watch, things you can listen to, and things you can participate in, knowing that people have different ways of of problem solving, understanding, reflecting, learning. So first of all, you kind of need to know know thyself and and figure out what's going to work for you. For some people, it's going to be really nice sitting around the you know around the circle and sharing. Uh, for other people, it's going to be nice to get a stack of books and read them all and sort of digest in that way. For other people, it's going to be a YouTube playlist which we which curate out there. So start with kind of figuring out what is it that you need to have an understanding. Once you have an understanding, you then have to like authentically and honestly reflect do some self-reflection journaling is really really a good tool it's it's hard i I mean i struggle i have to kind of make myself like post-it notes to just journal i think journaling is an important tool and even if you're not going to take up journaling for the rest of your life just set yourself a period of time maybe like a a one month challenge where you're just going to journal for five um for five to ten minutes a, a day at the end of the day and just see what's coming up for you what you will do as you sort of put things down, you will notice your patterns, your thought patterns, your belief systems, because they will repeat themselves. We really hold on to a handful of beliefs about our relationships, about ourselves that get circulated and circulated and circulated. If you reflect regularly over a period of time, those will reveal themselves. And, that, and then I would say, if you are community-minded, definitely discussion groups are helpful. Hearing other people talk about their experience is really helpful because you can have these, oh, me too moments and aha moments. Uh, we see those in the Curious Fox world all the time. And then professional help. Make sure that whomever you are seeking support, be it therapist or coach or counselor or, or whomever you're, you're, you're aligning yourself with, They understand, accept, and celebrate all sorts of different relationship structures. That They're not going to pathologize your desire to explore. 
uh, be it relationally or sexually. And they can facilitate conversations with, between you and your partner or your partners and really sort of work on it for a while. It's not going to be forever. Um, you really, three to six months of sort of really reflecting reveals a lot. And then it creates practice of reflection. So so this the reflection on belief systems is an interesting point to me because it's also such a cultural point and a religious mm. point. I mean, there's so many things mm. that impact our programming and our belief systems. And so I, I was wondering if people come from more traditional background, how could they even start considering breaking some of those belief systems? I mean, the reading will help. Obviously, you mentioned all those things that I think even them journaling will help. And if there's no one you know near them to help break out of that belief system, it, it seems like it's it, it could be a little it's 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 a long journey, and not to be frustrated at the beginning, mm-hmm. because we I think I think this kind of people cease to call it midlife crisis, but a crisis can be an opportunity. Like this mm-hmm. opening is also the fact that there's a breakdown offering you a place for a breakthrough, and that breakdown could come from the fact that you don't necessarily buy into all these belief systems. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how you, if you've helped to coach anybody through that but i do think that that's something we all can consider and and to look for the right kind of therapist for sure and coach yeah. any anything you can you can look toward as far as cultures or or say to yourself you know what i came from this kind of background that you've seen with your with your clients and mm-hmm. how they can start just shifting that a little bit shaking it up yeah i mean it, it first of all it's hard um so give yourselves a, a, a whoever's listening give yourselves a break it's hard um we are in the curious folks world we call it the noise um we the the sort of the the noise that's around us that is religion that's our parents that's our peers that's our social media me social media feeds that's you know the tv channels that we we have on the background um, so we already have a noise. Everybody has their as a no, as a noise, and you need to. Um, it's hard to break through that. It's it's there around you. You don't even realize it half of the time. It's sort of fairly insidious. First of all, notice it. See what you're listening to. See who you're following. What you're watching, and then realize that transitioning into non-monogamy is, I would say, eighty percent unlearning. So it's kind of really noticing the things that you've learned and that start to unlearn. And and um, again, in the Curious Fox world, we talk about challenging the status quo, become aware of your uh, your status quo and challenge it for the sake of challenging it, not challenge it for the sake of change, right? You might challenge it and find that it's actually working for you, right? So our invitation is never for change. Our invitation is never for be different than where you are. Our invitation is always just a challenge for, for curiosity, hence Curious Fox. So see if you can be curious about the things that you're holding on to as, as beliefs and see if, if you can challenge it and see what happens. Um, the other thing that I would say, by all means, as much as you can, change your noise. Um, follow people that are different from you. Listen to podcasts that are like this one that's talking about, you know, doing things differently. Read and, and, and join things that are different from you and what you know and see, just reflect and see if it, if it resonates with you in any way. And again, for the sake of curiosity, not for the sake of change. I love that. And and travel even like to different cultures to see that we come with it. So many people have a little more openness. You mentioned to me in the UK, it's not, they don't even have slut shaming, which is amazing to me. Right, right. I grew up in the UK and uh, sometimes um, I have to explain to my friends back in the UK some of the work that we do because they don't understand some of the anti-shaming work that anti-slut shaming work that we do, they don't quite understand why we are talking about it so much, you know, because culturally there, there is no slut shaming. Um, women are promiscuous 
and that's fine. Um, you know, people just say, be careful. Uh, but there's no, you know, there's no something is wrong with you. You're a slut. You know, it's kind of it's what, you, you know, if that's what you want to do. That's what that's what you want to do. Um, so it's kind of interesting cultures and traveling definitely makes a big difference. And when you're on vacation is a nice, um, safe way to experiment is what I what I've told some number of couples that have asked me about that, because mm-hmm. it takes you away from your home takes you away from some of your belief systems and your ways of status quo for you to try something new because sometimes just moving in our body again can get us into our bodies rather than our heads and all those belief systems that causes the noise. So I want to even come back to mindfulness because sometimes people believe that when they meditate, they have to have a clear, everything's going to clear, everything's going to happen. And it's just a journey. It's just about being in a practice. And this practice of being curious, curious box is also maybe you're going to expand a little, but maybe you're going to contract a little, and maybe you're going to expand and then contract, and may, and you're going to, this is a dance, and we're never arriving. And I think we have so much societal programming to arrive somewhere, as if and, and to maybe define ourselves way too much, mm. that the idea is that we're on this journey. So all of that is absolutely so helpful yeah. and wonderful. Yeah. yeah, I would really urge people, this is something that, you know, there's there's already so much being written about it, but it's 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 important and it's important. Uh, we're all on social media, one way or another. Um, or whatever your digital feeds are, I would really um, encourage you to look at them and examine them. We, uh, my 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 um, collaborator and I, we just um, compare our feeds all the time, just to see, like, what are you seeing? What am I seeing? Um, and vastly different you know and it has such an impact on our day-to-day what we know we don't you don't realize how much of an echo chamber you're in until you look at somebody else's feed so i would really it can be so easy it could just be um spending some time on your phone by following different people unfollowing some people and and just seeing if you can change your feed if things shift for you that's so interesting and not something that it, I think my generation is as aware of, but maybe mm-hmm. becoming more savvy too, because if you see the movie Social Dilemma, it, it really makes you think that everything is catered to us. Mm-hmm. And especially in such a div- divisive time in the world, it's important for us to start analyzing what kind of information we're letting ourselves be fed. So it's mm-hmm. a great suggestion. I yeah. Change your of. noise. <laughs> Change, Change your noise. noise. Yeah. I love it. Is there anything else that you'd like to make sure that you convey for this kind of journey that we're on at this stage or uh, any other resources that you'd like to talk about? Um, I I think anything, again, I would like to emphasize um, this idea of curiosity and following your curiosity. Uh, I think it's where, I think curiosity and thriving state are actually kind of very close to one another. Um, and I think we, we know, for example, that um, when we are afraid, we're not curious, right? So it's um, the way that our brains are wired. Curiosity and fear don't live in the same. It's like a, it's on a lever. So when we're afraid, we need certainty. So there's often no room for curiosity. And um, a lot of the time, what keeps us from exploring is fear. Uh, we're afraid. So keeping a tab on your curiosity is actually a really good way to notice how you're feeling about exploring if you find yourself that you're constantly looking for certainty you're constantly looking for answers very black and white the chances are you're wrapped up in some sort of fears and and you can see if you can unpack that and and understand why you might be at that stage and to see if you're breaking that down is to see if you can get more and more curious Um, and i think it's in that you will get to really explore and you also realize that you don't need as much certainty as you need as you think and that there is a lot less certainty in the world that you imagine. 
So that's where so I would much less. <laughs> we'll see that more now than ever. Right. And 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 it could cro- it could cause even more retraction into not wanting to be curious and yet coming into that discomfort to be able to be curious is is where we learn the most. Yes. And and in, we, so many of us are not feeling safe and secure in the world because of the current times. And often we are looking for that safety and security within our relationships. And we're looking for, and, and that can look like rigidity, that can look like inertia, uh, because we're kind of seeking shelter in our relationships. And I think um, if, it's, if it's available to you to kind of uh, see if you can surrender a little bit, and, and, and instead of seeking safety and security, if you can lean into curiosity a little bit more, and kind of realize that certainty is really not available out in the world or in relationships. You know, things change, people change, situations change. Whatever you thought was certain isn't. Uh, and I think, right, especially right now, and especially um, at the sort of stage of life that you're talking to, getting comfortable with uncertainty actually, I think, is, the, is, is, the, is, is one of the key things that you want to lean into as you're exploring. Beautiful way to, for us to just kind of wrap it up. Um, so how, is there any way that they can, people can reach you, Effie, for coaching, for Absolutely. any of the things? So why don't you give us that information now so we have it verb, you know, on, in our ears and then also we'll write it out. Sure. Um, you can find me on my website, effieblue.com. That's E-F-F-Y, blue like the sky, dot com. That's effieblue.com. And you can follow Curious Fox pretty much everywhere. Uh, we are Curious Foxes on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, find us or, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you search for Curious Fox, you'll find us. Um, we Our hashtag is change the noise. So we're one of the podcasts that will change your noise. So is this one. And same with our social media feeds. We suggest different accounts, different people to follow to help you towards changing your noise. And our Facebook group is a discussion group. So it's another area that you can come in and discuss and share and find resources. Uh, so we're all over the place. You can find me at effieblue.com. You can find Curious Fox at wearecuriousfoxes.com. And we are Curious Foxes everywhere. Awesome. Thank you, my curious friend. I, mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing you in person when things get less uh, crazy in this world. But I'm really happy to connect with you now. Ditto. Okay, bye. Well. Hearing Effie Blue one more time is really making me understand a little bit more about the curiosity that we are all living in. And you talked about actually uncertainty that belongs to that, right, Tessa? Right. No, we are living in a time anyway of uncertainty. So I love how she talks about that, you know, people and relationships change just like our world is always changing. So if we're always looking for answers and we're kind of wrapped in this fear of what we think we know... It's, it's just, it's limiting us. It actually creates rigidity in our body rather than adaptability and openness. So I love the exploration piece so much. It's such an important part of life. Yeah, exploration is really tied directly into curiosity. I mean, if you're curious, you want to explore, right? Right, 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 right. And she says, change your noise, which is hard. It's a hard discipline, by the way, to, to, yeah. to listen to different different kinds of speakers, different kinds of social media feeds, like she's saying, it really does take us wanting to change, like that story you tell about the dog. <laughs> that's a, that's a, always a good story. And uh, you want me to tell it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, just briefly, the story about a dog, it's a man that went to visit his friend, and the friend was sitting on a rocking chair while the dog sitting on another rocking chair. And every few minutes, the dog starts howling. And finally, the friend asked the man, the owner of the dog, 
why is the dog howling? And he said, well, the dog is sitting on nails. He says, nails? Why doesn't he move? He says, well, because it doesn't hurt all the time. Right, isn't that, isn't, ain't that the truth? I used to like, I used to like when you did the howling too, but that's Well, I did not want to do the howling. <laughs> I did not want to do the howling on this particular episode. So when the pain to change is less than the pain to stay the same, change will happen. Well, in order for us to change our noise, we really have to want to want to shift our thinking and and that's what opens up the vitality in our lives so it's it is welcoming that which takes a certain discipline and and in terms of open relationships it takes a conscious relationship design and communication obviously yeah and and i always looked at curiosity as an instinct rather than an act that you uh, design and plan to have it's something that you're curious about and it's kind of an instinct so to speak, don't you think? I think the more, the more. Like when I'm curious about something, all of a sudden I can be curious about something else. So it's almost like a practice of how to become more curious. It doesn't always come naturally. No, it doesn't come naturally, but it's an, it is an instinct. Uh, you you want to be curious in order to explore. Effie also spoke about new relationship energy and how to harvest that energy. And I think that a lot of people don't understand really what is new relationship energy means. And I think that if one try to understand it, when you're excited about a new person that you met or you're about to date, or it gives you some kind of an energy that uh, revitalizes you. Absolutely. In every aspect of your life, not only in that particular case. You may have a little bit of a bounce in your step, and that's something that relates directly to new relationship energy. I like to say the new relationship energy doesn't always have to be with new relationships in our open relationship because when we, romance can be even with a brand new friend, a feeling of, wow, I really have this new love, this new feeling for a Or a mentor. Or a mentor. Yeah. So all the pursuits that when we put ourselves in new groups of circles of instead of staying with the same status quo, we're opening our curiosity by being open to new people, and that can open that new relationship. Right. I mean, a divorced person or a single person that may listen to this particular episode right now, uh, understand what new relationship energy is. It is that feeling that you just met somebody very special that gives you energy. And, you know, that that is something that Effie is talking about running toward rather than running away from. And it, well, yes, and you know what? It's hard. It's, it's not an easy balance. That's why it takes so much consciousness, and it doesn't. It's not easy to even balance what we're doing in our open relationship because we have security and we still want risk. And that openness is that new relationship energy. That's correct. And that curiosity. That's, that's 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 very true. That's very true. And you, you know, we we want that energy because it's a different type of energy. It's like another energy drink, so to speak. It, it, it has chemical and emotional components that actually revitalize our our, exactly. our our bounce in our step is because there's new energy and new chemicals coming in that are you know dopamine and, and we're just feeling exactly. so much more adrenaline. So yeah, and if you want to hear more about uh, new relationship energy, let us know because we have some other people that may be able to shed some more light about new relationship energy in the open relation arena or in the dating arena. So write to us. Go to our website, theopennesters.com. That's theopennester, double N in the middle, S at the end. Leave us a comment and let us know what you think. And if you want to hear more about that topic or other topics, 
We would love, love to hear from you. And you can also, Tessa, we have the Facebook private We have a private discussion group that you can get on and talk about anything that we can really respond to, which is a lot of fun when we have people really interacting there. I'd love you to take a look at the Tessa page on our website. And if you are on Facebook, both in the Open Nesters regular page as well as in our group, I'll be talking about some upcoming discussion groups that we'll be holding. I'll do it with some of my colleagues and some of them I'll be doing with Open Nesters around all these stages of life. And we'll be able to, we're going to create a community of Zoom discussion groups. So stay tuned for that and get onto the, our website and take a look at the Tessa page there as well as the Facebook page in the coming months ahead. We really want to thank our listeners for tuning in to us and hearing our podcast and listening and being curious and open-minded, letting us be part of your noise. Absolutely. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for making this podcast so popular and so relevant to so many people. Till next time, this is Amir. And I'm Tessa. And we will see you on the radio. Ciao.